Multi-cloud is going to happen to every organization that consumes technology, whether on a small or a large scale. And the myth that this is something that you can choose one day that suddenly you're multi-cloud, it's just not reality. This is coming and it's about preparing for it. Hello and welcome to Explain It, brought to you by SoftCat, the show for IT professionals by IT professionals that aims to simplify the complex and often overcomplicated bits of enterprise IT without compromising on detail. I'm host Michael Bird, and over the next 30 or so minutes, I'll be challenging our panel of experts to take a different area of the IT ecosystem and, of course, explain it. In this episode, we're going to be talking about multi-cloud, what it is, why an organization should care about it, and what the future of it is. And with me to help is Dean Gardner, who is SoftCat's Chief Technologist for Cloud. Dean, this is your fourth time on Series 2 of the show. Did you bring another interesting fact with you? Yeah, I think it's an interesting fact. It's a public service announcement. So in 2004, I was actually diagnosed with testicular cancer. And it's one of those things you go through as a 29-year-old as I was at the time, where you don't think about getting yourself looked at. And it's kind of a big thing. So my public announcement is that if you have something that's a lump that you need to get checked out, get it checked out. It's a thing you should do. So I did that and I got caught very early and it means that I'm still here to do these lovely podcasts. Well, thank you for the public service announcement. You're welcome. And we also have Craig Lajinski, who is SoftCat's Chief Technologist for Emerging Technologies. Craig, this is also your fourth time on the show. What is your interesting fact? Daryl DMC McDaniels of Run DMC follows me on Twitter. That is an interesting fact. And, uh, and to help us, we've also got Jaspreet Singh, who is the founder and CEO of Druva. Jasper, welcome to the show. Welcome to your first time on Explain It. As with everyone else, uh, did you bring an interesting fact? I did. I was debating between two trends. I've been to 26 countries so far on personal travel, and I have never watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> of the 26 countries you visited, what was your favorite? My favorite probably was Switzerland. I did my first base jump in Switzerland, so it's pretty interesting. And Jasper, as founder and CEO, what does your job entail? I think anything between cheerleader and a ringmaster. Just to set the track for the company, inspire people who can do awesome things, and I can watch them grow and have some fun. So multi-cloud, what is it? Is it just a fancy new name for hybrid cloud? So well, we think that hybrid cloud has been a, an evolution of the data center into one public cloud. So if you're within your environment, DC, you want to consume something from Azure, that in itself in our world is a hybrid cloud. But what we're seeing is, is, is that evolve as more and more SaaS-based applications have come along, we then move into multi. Or if you're in public and in multiple versions, you could be in Google, you could be in Amazon, you could be in Azure, and we're seeing that as well. That in itself is multi-cloud. And so there's an evolution, I guess, from where organizations were going, well, we're just going to go public and we'll, it, we'll plug it in or we'll go cloud first. And at that point, you are in a hybrid state. But we're seeing customers go to Office 365. We're seeing G Suite. We're seeing Workday HR application. We're seeing Salesforce. All these different SaaS-based applications run in cloud. And also being able to bridge all those together with identity strategy, with security and being able to operate those you are naturally moving into a multi-cloud world. And, and, and we're seeing that happen everywhere. I think multi-cloud is a natural transition to what Dean said. Uh, cloud by itself is buying a resource anywhere in the world at a fixed price point without having to worry about how do you build it from scratch. Uh, as enterprise last 10 years have tried public cloud and they've, they've uh, good and bad understood what the merits are of or demerits are of public cloud. 
the security pattern and operating operationalizing a public cloud the natural transition is to look for a freedom of choice to understand best of breed applications or best of breed infrastructure providers in the in the cloud to think about how they should distribute their workload within the best of breed cloud providers so world the public cloud era is naturally going to be a multi cloud era so surely having all these applications and data and, and things like that in lots of different places with lots of different providers, presumably lots of different contracts as well. I mean, that must be a huge pain to manage. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen it in the traditional IT world as well, where you might go to an outsourcer or single supply your entire stack, but you're going to lose certain advantages, the flexibility, the, the ability to change and the ability, as Jasper was saying, to go for best of breed. And in cloud, it's a lot more pronounced firstly because it's a moving target. It's not the case of previously, you know, if you if you were tied to a platform, you're tied to a hardware platform, even going back to the mainframe days, if it was a bad choice for your applications and your data, you're stuck with it because it's a big capital investment. Now with the desire for increasing agility, increasing performance requirements and this really moving target, it is very difficult to manage, but it's about trying to find the best of both worlds, trying to find the best outcomes for your organization. And one thing we are seeing is that you're starting to get business units deciding what IT they want. So it's, it's, it's the case of enabling them to have applications that are specific to that particular business or the actual business units within that business. And that means it could go in multiple locations. It's difficult to govern and control that, but you need to as an IT function. There's a lot of foundational stuff that needs to be done from an operational standpoint to facilitate that, that way of working. Uh, and, and I think that's where some companies have struggled in that multi-cloud world. Yeah, let's for a moment try to deconstruct the cloud. Right? Public cloud is a set of, used set of applications which enterprise deploys, following with some developer tools and, and then comes some foundational infrastructure. And if you draw a parallel to a mobile world, which happened, you know, 10 years ago, there was a platform, either iOS or Android, then you had apps on top of it. The original use case for mobile was to consume a primary application being emails or contacts or a basic productivity on a new mobile environment. But then every single software in the world got mobile aware. Same trend is falling to cloud. You'll have a few pieces of foundational, be it Amazon, Google, Azure, and then every single application in the world will, will have a cloud front end or a cloud consumption model or a SaaS consumption model. So naturally, the default of cloud will be a multi-cloud because you'll have plethora of applications running which you have to consume. And to Dean's point, you have to figure out interoperability or a integration point through access, through identity to map these applications together. And then there'll be some convergence of thought. Just like you had app stores on mobile, you'll have some way of integrating billing, some way of integrating identity, some way of integrating consumption of these apps. The foundation layer is, is tricky because foundation layer is how you build an application and how you consume an application, a custom built application, just like a mobile. And, and most enterprise, in, in my mind, will try to have optionality, you know, one or two, just like in databases, you had Oracle versus SQL, not interportability, but interoperability and, and optionality of one or two platform of choice, they would like to build applications on top of it. So in my mind, multi-cloud will be a plethora of applications, which you will stitch together, which you would, would be natural course of action, and a choice of one or two foundational pieces of architecture, which you'll deploy in a company. So um, do we have any cool or interesting use cases for, for multi-cloud? I think what we're seeing over the last few years, development teams are going to the likes of AWS and we've got a lot of organizations now because they've invested in Office 365 going to Azure because it's a natural state. Um, and, and there's a lot more organizations looking at SaaS-based offerings because they're available 
And I think that those things are happening. Then there's the operational element where you're looking at technologies like backup and you're looking at technologies like monitoring. And then there's the next stage, which is kind of the, the critical apps. And this is where I think we're seeing some stalling in some of our traditional customers and, and some of the public cloud providers realize that. And I think what you've seen over the last sort of year or so, a lot of those public cloud providers now partnering up with those traditional on-premise vendors. And, and obviously, you've got a lot more of reach back in from the public cloud into uh, the data center. So I think the hybrid or multi-convergence with vendors is happening. And I think that's essentially to accelerate potentially some of the challenges there are around those applications that maybe can't go to cloud native or re- be refactored. Yeah. And I think particularly in the research sector, in areas like AI and machine learning, there's a lot of secret source hidden in the different clouds. So we're seeing organizations might want to use Google Cloud Platform to get access to their TensorFlow processing units. And that's a unique hardware proposition that nobody else has. In other organizations, you're going to see them using Oracle Cloud for their Oracle workloads, not only for performance, but also for cost benefits. You may see as well, perhaps more so in countries like Germany, where you have a much greater awareness of things like data privacy, using something like an IBM Cloud platform for the data storage and breaking out in something that's a little bit more flexible around the DevOps side of things or potentially you know, storing that data on-premises and brokering it out into that Google Kubernetes service. Yeah, I think from my point of view, the cloud providers will try to specialize now. The core of public cloud is commoditizing from compute and storage point of view. So how do you specialize? My money is if, if Microsoft and Oracle will try to specialize as an application provider, as a SaaS provider, which their core DNA is, with their, with their partner's core DNA is, Google and Amazon, AWS will try to specialize as developer clouds as they build more and more DevOps tools for machine learning or building applications built on AWS. And then, then there'll be lift and shift clouds, which will be infrastructure stack providers, which will lift and shift applications from data center to public cloud, like VMC and like IBM. And then a few localized player in Germany or, or Russia or Japan, which will be more localized to local privacy laws. The way of specializing for cloud providers helps the customer to make their choices easier and, and build this interoperability model a much, much more uh, you know, seamless and, and better. So for an organization, why would they consider multi-cloud? Is it something that they just can't avoid? A lot of the customers we talk to, they just don't want to be running data centers. It's kind of not the first choice. And as more applications move towards SaaS, we're seeing that's the first choice. You know, cloud first, we hear a lot with a lot of organizations. We feel it's more cloud appropriate because it is an application-centric decision. And at that point, you can start making decisions on where best from to run. So it's the fact that people just have more flexibility. Um, and that, for me, is a driver for a lot of organizations. And I think certainly architecting for multi-cloud is absolutely essential because if you tie your ship to purely native services on a single cloud provider, you're just buying the same stack of infrastructure in a different way. Whereas if you architect for multi-cloud, architect for cloud native, decouple your data and your applications from each other rather than running monoliths, that gives you the flexibility. It gives you the opportunity to use what what was really promised in the cloud and that flexibility, that ability to react, to be agile, to be the types of organizations that are succeeding in today's economy. From my point of view, I'll make two points here. One is cloud being a complete force of nature right now and number two being multi-cloud or cloud in general is actually not just a technology trend, it's more a business imperative. Let me walk you through both of them, right? And in 1903, when J.P. Morgan went to Thomas Edison and they said, let's invent electricity and let's show the world what AC generator can do. They invited a bunch of people to show them how they can light a bulb. 
Next day, there multiple people showed up to place orders to buy a AC genset. And a few weeks later, when Nikola Tesla showcased how AC could kill a full-blown elephant, JP Morgan came back and said, "You know what? The idea of putting a genset makes so much sense, but the wife is kind of scared. I don't want to blow up my backyard by, you know, trying to light a bulb. Why don't you put the genset in your backyard and I can lease it from you?" I think that's a genesis of of cloud. IT is a uh, too much tired of blowing up the backyard by trying to chase innovation when it's not core of their business so cloud is a 30 year trend it's not a small trend a 30 year trend and we're only in genesis of it just like software was just like internet was it's a mega trend and it will power a next trend called ai that's my first point second point is if you're in the nascent stages of cloud given the fact data center was so fragmented the cloud naturally will be very much a a heterogeneous environment and if you if you go back to my first point the whole promise of cloud is not so much software defined data center promise of technology change it's more of a promise saying at a fixed price point anywhere in the globe i can buy a class of service at a predictable sla with that in mind it's only natural the whole cloud will be a multi cloud world and and every business has to adapt to a interoperability model where they can use multiple class of services with multiple class of slas across the world and that's the true promise of cloud without wishing to coin a phrase and, and steal from jasper's example it's it's the light bulb moment cloud is going to be that utility it is going to be a utility model that you you bring in and you consume but all these services the data that's flowing through everything the ai services that now seem very very fancy but in the future as this market matures are going to be just fundamental underpinnings of applications that we don't really see in the same way that you don't really think about how electricity works in your house it just it is a thing it's kind of ethereal i think cloud services are going to become that because you know mark and reason has always said software is eating the world as software and technology becomes so deeply imbued within everything the cloud is is a hub and it's about what you do with it about what sits further up the stack now with public cloud we've abstracted away from the hardware layer so you don't deal with the servers anymore somebody else manages a warehouse scale computer you never need really need to think of how that design works and that's similar to you know you don't have to go down the store and buy a load of magnets to build a generator the electricity comes in on a pipe what we have at the moment though is that that first layer up so if you if you go back to the the early 1900s in the UK you can see various different types of plugs for example and we have that at the moment and we have a lack of interoperability but there will be this convergence we will agree on a common standard for the basic fundamentals and then it's about what we place on top to use it what devices are consuming this utility what services we provide off the back of that that's where it starts to become really interesting so then looking at multi cloud in a little bit more detail why would an organization avoid it what are the disadvantages from an application point of view there's absolutely no avoidance of it right they have to absorb multiple application from an infrastructure point of view there is a tax to to understand multiple stacks and and how do you build on top of them there was a point in time you had x86 you had intel compute on on your max and you have the arm 
processor on your on your mobile the the trade off had to be made for a particular experience so some things are not avoidable but there is a tax to to run parallel platforms to understand interconnects to understand standards to understand security to understand billing but may not be avoidable in in most circumstances yeah i, I, I think we're seeing that actually you know where if you are building an application then that application if it's developed in a cloud platform it's one thing it's got multiple things in that app but if you go to an enterprise organization or you know in public sector in, in certainly the UK you could be looking at 100 plus apps and that's a lot of applications that run in a traditional sense in a data center if you wanted to then look at move all those to cloud that's a lot of complexity that you're having to move or build to replace and with that complexity comes cost not only the cost to transform those applications but actually to run them in those platforms you have to look at it and go is it actually worth it it may be better but is it worth me doing that and transforming it or is it just worth me having a hybrid or multi cloud with the data center still part of that conversation so how would an organization manage all of this there's a real skill based shortage in the in the world which definitely the, the enterprise have to carefully assess and understand working with the the right cloud providers working with the right partners to really assess the transition data center era to lack of data center any anymore and how the cloud powers the enterprise has to be assess how the core business is still selling what they do primarily and IT is just a way to get there so assessments of transition is is of paramount importance and we're saying uh, um a fair few of the companies we talk to, they, they, they're doing two things. They're partnering in some cases. But, you know, the likes of Microsoft, Amazon, Google, they've got some incredible training material that they've opened. They're just saying, look, you know, this is how you do stuff. And they're building frameworks that you can adopt and put them into your own cloud center of excellence, if you will. There is a lot of help now. There's, you know, and you, you can upskill your existing staff because they don't just exist. You know, people don't just go, you know, I started IT. I know how all these platforms work. It, it doesn't work like that. So you need to kind of plan in how you're going to change and build training and plans to be able to get those people up to speed. Yeah, I think there's sort of two elements to it. Firstly, I think there's a sort of idea and you see it in sports coaching and stuff whereby you spend 90% of the time in practice on what you're great at and 10% on what you're bad at. So first of all, focus on what your business does brilliantly, what your IT teams do brilliantly. Build that out. If you've got rockstar developers already, use them. Let them lead the charge and get you to the cloud and augment their skills. Don't try and take somebody who's fantastic in one area and convert them to something else because you really have a passion project over here. Really focus on on your business skills and and building what you're you're great at. And I think also as as Dean just put it's a community play and the world and and technology as a whole is is very very complex. Even simple items today require a cast of tens of thousands of people around the world to build. And the same is true of organizations. The systems that we have require a lot of different people, a lot of different skills, a lot of different resources. So absolutely, partner, bring different people in, build out this super generalist model whereby you have people who are jacks of all trades and look to focus on a much wider perspective rather than just trying to do everything yourself because it's just impossible. With any change or disruption, there are uh, two elements. One is a reskill. You know, as Dean mentioned, you have to focus on reskilling your organization and your core part of team by adding more skills, uh, moving people around to relevant areas. And second thing is change management. As Dean mentioned, the whole framework for cloud adoption, as multiple cloud providers have put forward, there's the whole notion of 
testing, foundation, migration, reinvention, right? How do you assess which workloads make the most sense? How do you put forward a framework to test the thesis, prove it out, and then build a business case to to follow the model across your entire organization? And, and doing all of that while still running a business. Because you've still got to facilitate what's happening within that business. And there's such an appetite to change. There's such an appetite to go and move to these cloud-first models. And uh, just meeting that demand is a challenge for us as a business. But it's also just a challenge for our customers. So we've talked a bit about the advantages and disadvantages of uh, multi-cloud. What are some of the myths or the common misconceptions that people have? The myths of multi-cloud are the same myths that we had in original cloud and hybrid cloud and cloud light and diet cloud and diet, diet cloud with, with vanilla. <laughs> it's the same, same myths that we had but magnified because multi-cloud is on a larger scale. And some of the myths are self-perpetuating. We see it from certain leadership and people who want to be seen to be doing the cool thing but not having a path on how to do it. So the idea of multi-cloud is that if you do it correctly, you will have greater agility, you will have a better cost base, you will be able to be a more innovative, more agile organization that can really take advantage of, of all these possibilities. The big myth is that you can just put stuff there and it happens. It's kind of like buying any item and it's suddenly better. You know, going out to buy $1,000 worth of Japanese steel knives and £500 worth of pans suddenly turns you into a great chef. It doesn't. There's Yes, having the best tooling is great, but it's about what you do with it. And a lot of the myths around it are about how moving from, oh, we're on-premises and now we're in, we're in a multi-cloud environment, we're fantastic. It's cloud washing and it doesn't really stand up. I mean, I think a few years ago it was that security thing. You know, it's not as secure. And I think that now there's things like shared responsibility model that you have to adhere to your application ultimately is your responsibility as a customer the platform itself is probably the most secure platforms and i'd say all the public cloud providers they, they've invested more than than any organization could on security but ultimately you're still responsible for the application so i think the security myth of a few years ago was oh it's not secure it is um, from an infrastructure perspective i think the other one is cost you know we, it's cheaper we've seen that a lot as well and ultimately it, it, it can be it cannot be. It, it, it kind of depends, again, on you running it. And, and I think it goes back to what Craig was just saying. You have to still run the platform you still, or the application on the platform of which you're paying someone for. So, you know, you need to secure it. You need to make sure it's cost effective. So the operational models just need to evolve to accommodate that. So all of the comments and the myths, essentially, of, of those things, if cheaper and it's, it's less secure, I don't think they're true. But there's still things you need to do to make that happen. Perhaps the biggest myth around multi-cloud is that, that it's a choice. It's not. It will happen whether you like it or not. And whether your IT department and your organization embraces it or it happens as part of shadow IT and as part of just the way the market goes, multi-cloud is going to happen to every organization that consumes technology, whether on a small or a large scale. And the myth that this is something that you can choose one day that suddenly you're multi-cloud it's just not reality. This is coming and it's about preparing for it. From my perspective, there are two core myths. One one myth is a myth of interportability. People think that they want option to import their workload between multiple clouds and it's a must-have before they choose cloud vendor. I think uh, the choice of interoperability of, or, or best of breed is a good one, but trying to make applications port between multiple clouds it is too expensive and probably never happened in data center itself. Right? People did not port between Oracle or SQL, VMware or, or Hyper-V. They migrated, but they never made it portable. So trying to keep application portable between multiple cloud is a wrong thought process. 
Second is, I think the the myth that I can do what I'm doing, buy the next piece of hardware, and think that the hardware will support just simply out of box support multiple clouds. This is a change for enterprise. The change has to happen by uh, very likely not taking your legacy to the cloud era, but but trying to re rethink what skills and what software and what uh, applications they need in the new world. So going to your legacy to support two new flavors of cloud isn't going to work. You you have to think about how the world looks different now and and what tools make sense in the new world. So let's look to the future. More multi-cloud. I think it's going to be more of everything. More SaaS. More agile. More cloud or cloud-style technologies. There's obviously the risk of big exogenous shocks whereby a country just clamps down and says no, you can't have data anywhere, or vice versa. You know, a wide-reaching act similar to to the Cloud Act in the US, but much broader powers actually forces organizations to retrench but unless those sort of really unexpected shocks happen it's going to be more of the same what is what is new will become old ai will no longer be the latest greatest cool scary thing it will start to drip down into being this utility model you know the the things that are emerging tech now will become established tech and new and elaborate things will emerge to take their place as the the kind of the new kids on the block most organizations are still only at, at the tip of this and not really taking the best advantage of it. And we're seeing different markets really ripe for disruption, I think. If you look at, say, HR software, a tiny fraction of organizations still run HR software on-premises. There are some niche providers out there, but the elephants in the room are guys like Workday who are out there and have built such a great platform that everyone's jumped onto that kind of thing we've seen the salesforce effect in crm with salesforce dynamics with the oracle proposition as well everything's moved into that space there absolutely will be small use cases for niche providers there will still be people who go out there and do things on their own who build themselves but in the grand scheme of things on a very large scale we're only going to see a very small set of niche providers serving very niche markets. In a kind of similar way to the car industry, as we're seeing consolidation, you have your Toyotas, Fords, General Motors, huge global organizations. And there's always a place for Ferrari and Bentley and these very specific manufacturers, but they will not be the normal. They will not be what everyone is using. The weight of the market will will generally continue in the direction that we've already established. I think SaaS will diversify quite a lot. I agree with Craig on that. The the SaaS market, application market will diversify broadly. I think the infrastructure market, on the contrary, I believe will, will shrink to a few players. I think the infrastructure providers will be more like semiconductor. The biggest player will gain more momentum and there'll be standardization there. My money is that one of the big players we know today will fold in a year or two. They won't be able to compete with the general momentum in the broad space. But people will also try and pivot. I, I, I do see there's a, there's a space for someone who is a AI specific cloud or a you know a very specific niche uh, expertise someone build but general purpose infrastructure devops and building application it'll be a market of uh, just like semiconductor market of one or maybe two yeah i think we've we've seen certainly the public cloud arena has been i wouldn't say it's one certainly but there's market share growing within the major players and even you know we look at someone like alibaba a few years ago they didn't exist in the public cloud world. Now they're, you know, on the top five list because they they're specific to a region, and now they're 
actually going out from that region into the global world. But I don't think that's going to happen a lot. That's going to be, I think, fairly unique. But I, I, I agree with Jasper. I think there are going to be specific clouds that do specific technologies that may not even we may not even know exist yet. So so I think that that'll evolve. But I, I also agree that the infrastructure market, it's people are still buying infrastructure. But is that out of an, a need? to do so it's probably because there's, there's stuff that needs to facilitate today but in five years time when it become more common to do what is happening within going towards public cloud or using multi-cloud then suddenly that infrastructure market really isn't as, as necessary as it has been so I, I agree with that as well that that will shrink and you'll be down to a, maybe one or two vendors that specialize in that in that area that integrate into those different cloud platforms i think we're already starting to see that actually emerge so uh, to summarize yeah, so, so I mean, organizations are going multi-cloud. If not, most organizations are already in multi-cloud. And I think what we're seeing is that shift to, to, to kind of understand more about application workloads and data to determine where they should run, some more intelligence around that, and, and then obviously operational controls, governance, evolving of the traditional infrastructure teams to become operations teams. I think that's definitely happening. And to be able to uh, essentially take some ownership on how those elements are secure, how you can get visibility of those multi-cloud environments and essentially just run them as an IT function and facilitate the fact that it is happening. And I think every multi-cloud deployment will be different and what multi-cloud means to your organization depends on your organization, what it looks like, what your business does, what your IT estate looks like for sure. But in the same way that every business is now an IT business to a greater or lesser extent, Every business is or will be a multi-cloud business to a greater or lesser extent. And how you work with that, how you make that a reality, how you embrace that and transform that into aligning with your business objectives is is an absolute imperative in the modern economy. Yeah, I think, uh, as Dean said, the, the multi-cloud is here and, and only the, in the right direction. The choice is now how to, how to understand security, operations, cost, billing, you know, data, data architecture, how, how do we put that together to make sure the transition is more seamless and, and the cloud is more connected? Dean, Craig and Jaspreet, thank you so much for your time. It's been fascinating speaking to you all. If there's anything the show listeners that has piqued your interest, um, or if you'd like to speak to someone at Softcat about anything that we've talked about, do make sure you check out the show notes. We're going to put some of the stuff that we've talked about today, as well as some contact details on. And also make sure you click subscribe wherever you get your podcast and we'll deliver the next episode to your device as soon as it lands. So thank you for listening to Explain It from Softcat and goodbye. <laughs>